At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. This is My Guys in the Desert with Stormy Bonantoni on VSIN, the sports betting network. What's going on, everybody? Happy Friday. Welcome into My Guys in the Desert. Stormy Bonantoni with you live from Circa Resort and Casino, and it is popping at the sportsbook behind me as the conference tournament mayhem ahead of the madness continues on today. Got plenty to get to. We'll have VEASAN betting analyst and writer Adam Burke in studio with us for the first half hour. He'll join us in just a few minutes. We'll also get Ben Wilson, covers college basketball as a play-by-play man, host of Bet Center here on VEASAN a little bit later. We'll also... Go behind the counter with Chris Andrews, the sportsbook director over at the South Point. So, like we always do to start the show, though, let's get into our news and notes, the top five stories you need to know that impact us as better, starting with news that just came down about Texans quarterback Deshaun Watson. He had his grand jury proceedings this morning regarding the civil lawsuits alleging inappropriate behavior and sexual assault. The grand jury declined to indict Watson, meaning there will be no criminal charges filed for NFL teams interested in Watson who didn't play last season but remained on Houston's active roster this clears the path for the trade market to ramp up Watson does have a no trade clause though so as Ian Rappaport put it interest from teams will come quickly but the decision from Watson may take a few days the Charlotte Observer reported recently the Panthers have been in contact with the Texans this month about Watson and what a potential trade would look like and our own Sean King on the nightcap recently mentioned that the Steelers would certainly be interested in getting a deal done if things went well this weekend, which we know they now have. Both teams are quarterback needy, as are many more in the NFL right now. But Carolina and the Steelers specifically, both 60-1 to shots to win next year's Super Bowl. Uh, The Houston Texans currently, along with the New York Jets, the longest shots at 200-1. to Moving on in our top five, Ben Simmons won 76-0. Philly fans came to the Wells Fargo Center last night to boo Ben Simmons and left booing their own team. The Nets just with a dominant 129-100 win despite being four-and-a-half-point dogs. Kevin Durant came to play. He dropped 25. Kyrie had 22. Seth Curry, another important piece in the Harden-Simmons trade, added 24 on his former team. James Harden, meanwhile, well below his 24-and-a-half-point prop, ending the night just 3 of 17 from the floor with 11 points. Yet another big game. Harden fails to show up. They'll look to bounce back against Orlando on Sunday. Brooklyn, meanwhile, all of a sudden has back-to-back wins for just the second time in two months. Can they make it three over the weekend without Kyrie when they take on the Knicks at home? The Nets are the odds-on favorite to win the Eastern Conference at plus 260. Despite being in eighth place in the standing, second there on the list is the 76ers. Number three, speaking of booing fans, Jack Eichel was booed every time he touched the puck in his highly anticipated return to Buffalo last night. And the Golden Knights' top line center did not hold back when he was asked about the crowd's response quote it's the loudest I've heard this place ever it only took seven years and me leaving for them to get into a game went on to add they must just be booing me because they wish I was still here the VGK did lose the game 3-1 and in another wrinkle saw Peyton Krebs and Alex Tuck who were acquired by the Sabres in that Eichel trade score goals in the win Eichel himself minus one with just two shots on goal Vegas will return action tonight on the second half of a back-to-back against the Penguins, and they just continue to be overvalued in the market. Pittsburgh 
Now up to a minus 190 favorite, minus 165 money line most books earlier today. Give me the pens. I bet this on the 60-minute line as well as the money line. Golden Knights can't score and continue to deal with a number of injuries. Number four on our list, LeBron James. Listed as questionable for tonight's game uh, against the Washington Wizards. Dealing once again with knee soreness. The Lakers a four-point favorite, total 228.5. Lakers 2-9 and nine straight up their last 11 games. Coming up a tough loss to the pitiful Rockets. On a night LeBron did play, by the way. And Russell Westbrook actually had a good night. 30 points, 8 board, 6 assists. Lakers in the nine spot in the West. Three games above Portland. Last one here in college hoops. A couple massive games results from this morning to update you on top seed in the Big Ten was uh, Illinois was upset in the first game of the day by nine seed Indiana 66 63 the Hoosiers cash at plus 210 on the money line as they stunned the Illini to move on to the Big Ten semifinals and potentially earning themselves a ticket to the dance another big one the number four ranked and top seed Auburn Tigers also bounced in the in the SEC tournament by Texas A&M today. The Tigers rallied from a 20-point second-half deficit but could not complete the comeback, falling by five as a nine-and-a-half-point favorite. It's A&M's first top-five win since 1982, and it could cost the Tigers number one seed in the dance. Let's keep our college hoops talk rolling as we bring in the one and only Adam Burke, VSIN sports betting analyst, writer, Point Spread Weekly contributor, does all the things at Skating Tripods on Twitter. What's going on, my friend? Busy, busy time of year for sure, but you know, know. it wouldn't have it any other way. And it's great to see this place back here like this and can't wait to see what it looks like next week. It, this is like the best spot to watch a game from here in Stadium Swim. I feel like you can't go wrong. What do you have any live action going right now? Uh, nothing going right now except for, and it doesn't look as good as it did a second ago, uh, Middle Tennessee, I took 10-1 to 1 to win Conference USA Ooh. because I felt like this was about the only game in the bottom of their bracket that would give them trouble was UAB. Turns out it is giving them trouble. But that's one of the things I look for from a future standpoint in terms of conference tournament draws. You want to see who these teams are going to be playing against. And I felt like Middle Tennessee had the better half of the bracket, but we'll see what happens here in this last 7.9 seconds. I wish they had a conference tournament for covering teams because Middle Tennessee would for sure have blown everybody out of the water in that regard. I wanted to talk to you a little bit about those top seeds and some other conference tournaments getting upset because um, along with Baylor also losing in their first game of the tournament yesterday, uh, Chris Felico is posting this on Twitter, and I totally agree. The no team has lost their first conference tournament game and won the NCAA tourney note could really get interesting. And I know Steve Mackinnon dropped some interesting stats as well with regards to ATS um, numbers with those teams that do not win in those first games in conference tournaments, and it's pretty staggering. Yeah, it really is. I mean, look, one of the things that, that I've kind of mentioned a little bit in my writing, and I think we kind of talked about this a little bit at the tail end of last week's segment, is that in these major conferences, right, the number one seeds are in. You know, they don't have to worry about playing for their one bid like they do here in Conference USA, for example, or some of the other small conferences that are out there. They know that they're in. So they don't necessarily take it as seriously as some of the other teams do. Indiana, you know, they probably played themselves off the bubble with that win against Michigan, but they absolutely solidified it today against Illinois. Mm-hmm. Illinois knew they were going to the tournament. You know, so there's there can be a little bit of an effort discrepancy there, a little bit of a motivational factor for these teams that already know that they're in. And all they're really worried about is seeding at that point in time. Whereas if you're a bubble team, you know, your back's against the wall. You, you kind of have to win. And so we sometimes see that. You know, a team like Oklahoma, for example, they're not in the field yet. I think Porter Moser thinks they are, but they're not. And so, you know, a team like that, they're going to push a little bit harder. So those are things I think are wagering angles that we need to keep in mind for these conference tournaments that, yes, these top seeds are the best teams. Yes, they've earned that by being the best teams throughout the regular season. But at the same time, when you get to this point, 
they may not have the same level of motivation that others do. So even if you're not betting them outright, I would assume then you lean toward a lot of dogs in these tournaments then. Yeah, I would say at least early on in the conference tournament you do, because the problem is now you look at a team like Indiana, for example, they'll play a third game in three days tomorrow. And Trace Jackson Davis has played a lot. And I know Mike Woodson had a very uh, funny and, and poignant comeback when a reporter asked, you know, well, what do you think about his big minutes workload the night before then coming back and doing it again today? He's like, he's 20 years old. He should be able to handle it. And he's not wrong. But at the same time, when you play these high pressure, high stress games, the deeper you go into a conference tournament playing in consecutive days, the harder it becomes. You know, you don't have the same legs when you shoot. You don't have the same legs on defense and all of that. So I think early on, you can play underdogs in these conference tournaments. But as we get deeper into them, that's where you worry about those teams that are playing at significant rest disadvantages. Okay, we will throughout this first half hour certainly get into some futures, but there are games that will be tipping off here shortly, uh, particularly at 3.30 Pacific time um, on FS1 in the Big East. Does the luck run out for Providence? They're a three-point favorite against Creighton here at 3.30. Yeah, I think it's a really good question. I think it's obviously a very good game, and Creighton is a team that, you know, with that win over Marquette, they probably solidified their spot in the tournament. I think they were going to get in anyway, but beating Marquette, winning at least a game in your conference tournament is a big deal. I don't think Creighton's the kind of team to rest on its laurels, though. And also, too, this Creighton team, and I know this because I just wrote the first draft of their preview for our upcoming Visa and Tournament betting guide, this is a team that lost two assistant coaches, all five of their leading scorers from last year. It was going to take time for this team to kind of figure things out. This is not the same team Greg McDermott has had in the past. Usually they're a great three-point shooting team. This year's team is not. Mm -hmm. So they've really had to change their style of play. They go through a seven-foot-one center. They go through a guy who shoots a lot of long-range twos. It's not the same type of team. So they're kind of finding their stride now at this point in time, and they've been a great defensive team all season long. I don't know if Creighton wins today, but I've really changed my opinion on the Blue Jays over the last few weeks, watching their results, watching them play. We'll see what kind of draw they get in the tournament, but I do like this Creighton team, and I would lean that way today plus the points. Okay, interesting. I feel like Providence, Villanova, UConn, they've all been just kind of this three-horse race when it comes to the Big East. Was there any one team that you really gave the edge to with regards to winning this tournament specifically? No, not really with this tournament. You know, you never want to bet against Jay Wright. You know, and, and Villanova typically makes good runs they in this tournament, too. even though they don't need to. <laughs> right, yeah, and, and that's the thing is, you know, for a team like Villanova, right, what is their motivation? Their motivation is to keep Colin Gillespie healthy because he has to be healthy for them to have any chance in the big dance. So will this be a team that kind of pushes to win three games in three days? I don't know. Providence, as you said, a luck box type of team. They've won a lot of close games this year. Maybe the most fortunate team in all of college basketball you figure that as the stakes get higher, maybe that does run out a little bit. So, you know, I thought that this one was wide open coming into it. The one team I think is better than people realize is UConn. And I do think that's a team that has the chance mm -hmm. to pull off a couple of nice wins in the tournament. So I guess by default, I would kind of say them. Okay. But you're absolutely right about Providence, where they've been living by the skin of their teeth so much that probably has to run out at some point. If you ask our Tim Murray, he would have said UNCW was the luckiest team. Uh, and there. their luck did run out. It did. So. You're right. TBD, you never know. Uh, hey, remember, everybody, you can get an early start on your NCAA tournament betting with VEASAN's full court bracket betting coverage. Starting this Sunday, we're going to have six hours of free live video streaming right here on VEASAN.com, including the full bracket reveal, opening lines for every single game as well. The VEASAN College Hoops experts, including, you know him, you love him, Greg Hoops Peterson, Matt Humans, Jonathan Von Tobel, Tim Murray, the whole crew will analyze every game and discuss with bookmakers opening the lines 
finding that best early value. Don't wait for the lines to move. Start your bracket in round one tournament betting with the VEASAN College Hoops experts Sunday, 6 Eastern, free on VEASAN. I'll be there as well, so come check it out. More with Adam Burke when we come back here on My Guys in the Desert. Plenty of games to get through on the conference tournament slate. Don't go anywhere. Stormy Bonantoni on VSIN, the sports betting network. Are you tired after lunch? You're not alone, my friends. In fact, research shows more than 70% of us hit a wall around that time of day. So let five-hour energy help you leap over that wall instead of crashing into it. Zero sugar, an unbeatable blend of vitamins, nutrients, and caffeine. It's the perfect pick-me-up for getting stuff done. Go to 5hourenergy.com to find more than 15 flavors to choose from. Grape, tropical burst, cherry, blue, raspberry, plenty more. There's a flavor for everybody. Get your five-hour energy today. And then maybe you'll get some finger guns going like I'm doing here with my guy, Adam Burke, as we welcome you back here to my guys in the desert. I, you just, you love the finger guns. You need guns. the sound effect, though. Pew, pew. There you go. <laughs> but then that doesn't really work with the movement, I feel like. I don't know. I'm a hot mess. Anyways, college basketball. We've got a close one up here with Middle Tennessee State and UAB. The Blue Raiders leading this thing by three with two minutes to go. So I know you've got a very tight eye on this game. I do. Yeah. And you know, I mean, look, this is, this is part of the fun of this time of year too. You know, we've had a lot of close games. We've had a lot of upsets already, as you mm -hmm. mentioned, just kind of a, uh, people call it an appetizer for, for March madness, but this is my, one of my favorite parts of March madness is conference tournaments. I mean, we have games all day long games where I think you can get an edge because there have been one or two previous meetings between these teams. Mm -hmm. I, I love this week. I think conference, the two weeks of conference tournaments are just they're second to none for me, which I, I know is hard to say, sacrilegious. And, you know, we're talking up all the March Madness content we're doing for Selection Sunday and all that. But I love conference tournaments from a betting standpoint. No, I agree with you. And that's why, honestly, Derek Stevens, who owns this place, and Mike Palm, who everybody knows from Odds On and being the VP of Operations here at Circa, they talked a lot about how, like, this is one of the busiest weeks. in a, Like, it's that first week of NCAA tournament, and it's this time of conference tournaments where this place is packed and everybody wants to be here in Vegas watching all the games. It's an absolute blast. So let's keep rolling along because in about 15 minutes, we are going to have another college hoops game tip off in the Big Ten. Michigan State taking on number 12, Wisconsin. This one opened with Wisconsin being a one-and-a-half-point favorite. Last time I checked, they were a four-point favorite. What do you make of the line move? Yeah, I agree with the line move here in this one. I mean, I know that Michigan State won yesterday over Maryland, but Maryland's not a very good team. I know that Wisconsin and Michigan State split the two meetings during the regular season. Totally understand that. But all of the metrics in this game really point towards Wisconsin. They're the better team in terms of offensive and defensive efficiency. And frankly, when you look at the Badgers and you look at their statistical profile and you look at the fact that they've got a star player in Johnny Davis, mm -hmm. this is a team that kind of has all the makings of a team that can make a run in the NCAA tournament. You know, they'll probably be a two seed, maybe a three seed. We'll see where they actually end up. But to me, I think this team has everything that you look for. You know, they've got the efficiency metrics. They've got a star player. They've got a pretty good supporting cast as well. And I think Greg Gard's a pretty good head coach too. So I think Wisconsin's a team not only to like today, 
but a team that I'm going to probably have going fairly deep in my bracket and maybe look for some futures positions on them. And quite frankly, I don't know if I just have PTSD from that stretch of nine games where Michigan State lost seven of them, but I don't trust this Tom Izzo group for whatever mm -hmm. reason. They're not the same group, especially this time of year that I feel like we've been accustomed to seeing. Right. Yeah. And, and that's the thing. And, you know, I think it, maybe that's something that we need to reevaluate and maybe something I'll do next spring as time permits. We, we have these perceptions of these coaches, right? That they're just going to be really good in the month of March. And maybe the recruiting pipelines kind of dried out. Maybe they haven't adapted to the new styles of play around college basketball. Maybe Izzo is a guy that we do just kind of overrate at this time of the year. And, you know, maybe we'll see that play out here today. All right. Well, speaking of coaches that we tend to overrate, let's talk Coach K. Because ACC tournament, we've seen this Duke team struggle against Syracuse in this last game. They did end up covering that second half spread despite... The, just the up and down roller coaster that game was lost in their final game of the regular season against UNC at home in Coach K's final home game in Cameron Indoor. What do you make of them against Miami here coming up at four Pacific? You know, the, the biggest thing that you see with Duke is you see the offensive talent when they have the basketball. They're a very, very dangerous team when they don't have the basketball. They struggle and they struggle a ton. They are a bad defensive team. And they get a little bit of respect in the in terms of the adjusted metrics because the ACC, it's not great this year, but it is still one of the power conferences. They are a team that gets a little bit of a bump because of that. But they struggle to defend the perimeter. They struggle to defend the interior. They just There's a lot of things that are left to be desired with this Duke basketball team that probably do end up getting exposed when they get to the NCAA tournament and play against better competition. That's why... I can't trust them laying big numbers. You know, I mean, yeah, they can't outscore the opposition and they probably will today with Miami. They'll probably outscore them, but I don't think that they get enough stops to cover this number. Yeah, and I, I think that would be a problem. I bet Miami forward. at plus 10. So it's nine now. We've seen that shift a little bit, but I bet them at 10 and I, I like it just because I don't have a lot of trust in Duke being able to close the door. Right. No, I think it's a good bet. And, and anytime, you know, you're talking about double digits. I think that you know, you have to also look at this and say, okay, if you're Duke and you are ahead, I mean, what what is your incentive? You're playing tomorrow. You know, what is your incentive to keep going and keep that big lead? And in fact, furthermore, we've seen a lot of teams blow significant halftime leads already in this conference tournament season. I was on Texas yesterday against TCU. They were up by a million at halftime, found a way to lose the game. We've seen it happen a lot because teams get complacent. So if you've got a double-digit dog that you're looking at, not only do I think Miami hangs around in the game, but if for some reason they don't, I don't see Duke playing the full 40 minutes out in this one. Their incentive will be not to have Coach K get in front of a crowd of all of their closest, biggest fans <laughs> and comrades to say, that was unacceptable and I'm embarrassed. <laughs> That's why. That's why. Uh, another 4 p.m. Pacific tip-off, Tulsa and SMU. Uh, Tulsa getting 10. The total in that one, I believe, 139. Yeah, you know, this is a tricky one because SMU is is a very inconsistent team. I mean, they've had some outstanding performances. There's a reason why they're kind of in that bubble discussion. But then they've also had some games where you just kind of go, what what is this team doing? You know, what what happened to them all of a sudden? So I think it's very tough to lay big numbers with an inconsistent team at this time of the year when they know that they're going to get their opponent's best shot. You know, this isn't like SMU playing a you know meaningless regular season game where they're a 10-point favorite against a team that they're clearly better than that knows that the other team is better. This is a situation where Tulsa, they have one shot to get in. That's by pulling off a miracle and winning this conference tournament. They're going to play this thing out. SMU, on the other hand, you know, look, they, they're looking ahead to other things. You know, they just want to win, survive, and advance. 
So this is another one of those to me where it's very hard to lay that double-digit number with an mm -hmm. inconsistent favorite like SMU. So I agree. Uh, as you see, the juice on SMU money line right now is absurd. It's 525. I use them as a part of a money line parlay for me today. Speaking of which, congrats, everybody. If you followed my mid-major money line parlay yesterday, came through. Very excited. There were finger some guns again. Oh, I can't put the finger guns away. <laughs> I'm so sorry for anybody listening. I just I'm finger gun happy today. Um, but they swept the regular season meetings with Tulsa earlier this year. So I have SMU, VCU over Richmond. Boise State over Wyoming later tonight and closing it out with UNC against Virginia Tech. So it's plus 470 if all of these guys win money line, love or hate. Oh, it sounds good to me. You know, and, and also, too, you talk about sweeping the regular season series. A team I like tonight is New Mexico State taking on right. Grand Canyon. New Mexico State won the first two games, won by 10 and by 16. And there's a lot of talk. There's this narrative out there of it's hard to beat a team three times in the same season. It's really not. It's 70% not. of the time over the last, I think it's eight to 10 years. Uh, some, I know I had somebody run the sample size for mm -hmm. me, but if a team is two and zero in the regular season, they win that third game 70% of the time. You know why? Cause they're probably just better or mm -hmm. they match up better. So you talk about a team you know, trying to win for a third consecutive time. It happens a lot. That's a false narrative that people have thrown out there for whatever reason. So New Mexico state, I think just matches up well with grand Canyon SMU. Will they cover 10? Maybe not, but they certainly match up well enough to win that game outright, and they should, as the line implies. So if you want to dabble in the Moneyline Parlay thing, and I think this is a good time of year to do it because of what mm -hmm. I just talked about. You get the big halftime lead, you blow it, maybe you win it late, something like that. Mm -hmm. don't, be, don't shy away from teams that have already beat a team twice because they're very likely to beat them a third time. Rolling with the New Mexico State thought, do they win the tournament? Yes. I think they do. By the way, Ben Wilson's on the call for that New Mexico State Grand yes. Canyon game. So we'll be able to talk about that with him as yes. well. Look, New Mexico State is uh, they up from a, a one-point favorite to a two-and-a-half-point favorite tonight. They'll be probably a five- to six-point favorite tomorrow, depending on who wins that game between Abilene Christian and Seattle. New Mexico State should win this conference tournament. Now, it's plus 175 out there in the marketplace to take them to win it. But if you did a money line rollover, you'd actually get about plus 230 to plus 240, depending on the line. And a money line rollover would be you bet them tonight to win out right over Grand Canyon. Whatever you bet, plus your winnings, you bet that tomorrow in their game against Abilene Christian or Seattle. It's going to give you a higher return than playing the plus 175. So the money line rollover is something of an advanced concept. It sounds kind of daunting. But what you need to know is it's generally going to be better than that futures price just because the whole the theoretical hold percentage for the book that's how they factor in that futures number. So you're never going to get the right kind of payout on something like that. I love it. We call that strategy here on the program. Okay, before we let you go, we got 30 seconds, maybe 20. Uh, team, you have to win it all, a long shot, and who might disappoint early exit? Go, go, team go. Team to win it all if they're healthy, I think Kentucky, and they should be healthy by the time they get to the tournament. Long shot, Arkansas. I think Arkansas is a mm, very good team it. coming out of a very, very good conference. Disappointment, I talked about Duke already, but Tennessee I do not like Rick Barnes. His tournament record is not good at all. I think that they find a way to lose to somebody that they shouldn't. So very SEC heavy for me, but Kentucky to win it. Arkansas is a long shot, and Tennessee is a team to disappoint. Shots fired on the Vols. Love it. Great stuff, as always. Thank you so much. Again, that's Adam Burke. Check him out, check him out on Twitter, at Skating Tripods. Coming up, we got Be Better, and Chris Andrews joins the show, taking us behind the counter at the South Point. Don't go anywhere. This is Visa and the Sports Betting Network.
Stories of the Desert with Stormy Bonantoni on VSIN, the sports betting network. Zin nicotine pouches, a fresh new way to enjoy nicotine. Nicotine pouches are smoke-free, they're spit-free, made with food-grade ingredients. Simply open the child-resistant lid, place the pouch between your upper lip and gum for up to one hour of real nicotine satisfaction. Zin's available in 10 varieties and two strengths, three milligrams for fresh nicotine satisfaction and six for even more enjoyment. Simple and discreet, you can enjoy Zin anywhere, anytime. Find your freedom, find your satisfaction, find your Zin. Visit Zin.com, that's Z-Y-N.com, to learn more and find Zin nicotine pouches near you. They are only for adults 21 and up who currently use tobacco or nicotine. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Rolling along here on My Guys in the Desert, I'm Stormy Bonantoni. And as we do this time of the week, every week, challenging some teams, players to be better. And I am looking at you, Portland Trailblazers. Lost six in a row by an average of over 32 points per game. Got absolutely demolished the last two games. Were the biggest dog of the year against Utah. 19 and a half point dogs lose 123 to 85. Blazers got the Wizards tomorrow who will be on the second half of a back-to-back. They've lost five out of their last eight. Can you take advantage of the situation and step it up, please? Which actually brings me to a team Washington's playing tonight. The Los Angeles Lakers who are two and nine straight up their last 11 games. Three, six, and one against the number. A four and a half point favorite tonight against the Wizards, but they're 0-4 ATS their last four instances as a favorite. 0-5 against the number of their last five against sub-500 teams. Hopefully LeBron plays. I know he's questionable with the knee, but even if he doesn't, can you step it up for once against a poor team? And last one here in Be Better, the Colorado Avalanche. You might have the most points in the NHL. I don't care. You still lost four out of your last five games, which includes to the Arizona Coyotes, who I, I get that they think that they're the 80s Oilers these days, but they're still one of the worst, if not the worst teams in the entire league. Take away that Toronto Maple Leafs game last night as well. Also had a collapse against the Devils, a 2-0 shutout to the Hurricanes, marking the first time they were shut out all year long. This is their worst stretch since that ugly start to the year. Kale McCarr even saw his point streak end. So you need your stars to rise to the occasion, get locked in this weekend. Got a tough opponent in Calgary who you lost 4-3 to in overtime most recently. So be better and we are always better on the show when we're talking to our guy Chris Andrews sportsbook director over at the South Point how are you I feel like busy is the word that comes to mind <laughs> what was your first clue stormy <laughs> <laughs> busy but fun no doubt I'm sure right yeah, you know, I've said it all along. You know, the first two days of the tournament is great for the customers. Not so great for me. I don't get a chance to watch anything. Uh, you know, we've got action flying back and forth. So this this week's actually good for, uh, I think, a true basketball fan. I think the basketball is really uh, probably better this week than it is next week. Now, the drama isn't what it is next week because a lot of these teams, you, know, you get like a Kansas or a Duke or Kentucky. You know, it's not life and death for them to win. Uh, but of course, next week it is, you know, so I think the basketball better is better this week. The drama is better next week. But for me to watch basketball, I think I'd prefer this week. Well, you mentioned those life and death for some of these teams in the conference tournament. And we've seen now three top seeds in major conference tournaments out early in their respective leagues. Any tourney performances so far specifically that have stood out to you that you think are really going to impact either their seedings or their odds moving forward? Well, first of all, I don't, I don't really know how the seedings work. <laughs> so, and I don't really care that much to be honest with you, because I think you still have to go in there and win. No matter if you're a one or a two or a three, you know, anywhere in that area, you know, you're going to have probably a 
theoretically easy game the first round and, and a tough game the second round, no matter what. Uh, but a couple teams that I've been kind of looking at that I think are peaking at the right time. I think Kentucky is. I think Kansas is. I think Iowa is peaking right now, too. And I'm going to throw one more out there. Arkansas, I think, is really playing some good ball. And I don't think they'll be any more than a four seed, maybe a three if they win the tournament, the, the SEC. But that's a team that I think is really playing some good ball. And if you're looking for a bit of a long shot, they're not, they're not as long as they were. I think a week ago, you probably could have gotten 101 on them. But right now, I was looking around. We're at 35. Uh, I think I see a high of about 50. So you could get some decent prices. It's still a bit of a long shot, but I think that's a team that's, I think they're kind of live. I think they definitely have a shot to certainly make some noise in the tournament. I love hearing that, Chris. I am an 80 to one Arkansas Razorback ticket holder for Ah, the NCAA tournament. So I like that. Very good. And I will, by the way, for everybody that in case you didn't know that game against Rutgers today, 84, 74, they did win in advance as expected. Are there any conference tournaments uh, at the South point right now that you've got specific liability on a team or two? we should know about you know Stormy, i was looking through just uh earlier today we really do not i mean we have a couple you know i might lose a thousand a couple thousand something like that but nothing really that i'm sweating at this point at all uh you know so we're really in real good shape for the conference tournaments and i think i was on your show last week talking about arizona and other than arizona and duke uh i'm really in good shape for the whole tournament too so right now you know, just kind of let them play and uh, hope somebody can knock off Arizona and Duke along the way. That's all. <laughs> right. There you go. Uh, can you give me the latest on the odds for that groupings prop that you have in the four-way champion prop? What's the, what's the grouping that's been seeing the most action? Uh, well, the favorite, the one with uh, Gonzaga, and let me pull it up here. Uh, that's the one that's gotten uh, most of the action all the way from the beginning. That's Gonzaga, Purdue, Kentucky. UCLA, Illinois, and Texas Tech, all pretty good. I think they'll all be pretty high seeds. Uh, that's gotten the most action. I'm all the minus 150 on them, so they've gotten quite a bit of business. And I opened them plus 180, so you know, a lot of play there. Now, the, the other ones are kind of fairly well split out. I think right now, though, you can get a good price. Uh, you can get five to one on the one group, and I open it three to one, you get five to one on the group of Kansas, Villanova, Auburn, Wisconsin, Houston, and Ohio State. Now, I'm not sure Ohio State has much of a chance, but I think the other teams probably all have a chance. Maybe not Houston. I think even though they made a big run last year, I don't think they're quite as good this year, but I think Kansas definitely has a shot. I think Villanova still has a shot. I think Auburn I'm not sure they're going to be a number one seed. I think they were looking at that maybe a week ago, but uh, not after today. I don't think they are. And Wisconsin just keeps winning. Mm -hmm. So uh, I think those teams all have a shot. Like I said, I open them three to one. I'm up to five to one with them. I can use some play there. And, uh, you know, we got play all over the board on this one. It's really been a good prop with a lot of action. Yeah, the big dance is going to be a blast. Conference tournaments are awesome. The foot traffic at all these books is great, too. Now, in addition to college basketball, we've had a lot of NFL news this week as well. Um, Obviously, Rodgers staying put in Green Bay. Russell Wilson to the Broncos. Carson Wentz to the Commanders. Khalil Mack to the Chargers. And then today we find out Deshaun Watson will not face criminal charges. Where will he potentially be on the move to? Um, With those quarterbacks that have settled in their new places, did you see any significant odds movement on their futures? 
Oh my, yeah, <laughs> quite a bit of it. Uh, I should have been just uh, like, tell me what they are, not did they? Just lay it yeah. on us. Yeah, I mean, Chargers, uh, they didn't have a quarterback move, but I think the Khalil Mack uh, signing is really uh, impactful because you know you've got Bosa on one side and you put Khalil Mack on the other side. I had them twenty to one. I'm down to fifteen to one on them. And Packers, another team that really the only thing that changed is that nothing changed. Mm-hmm. And I had them at a high of fifteen to one. I'm down to eight to one uh, with the Packers. And uh, who's refresh my memory? Who else am I looking at here, Stormy? Russell Wilson to the Broncos. Russell, oh, there you go. Let's first of all, let's look at the Seahawks. You know, I had them twenty-five to one. I made them a hundred to one, and I don't think I didn't make them high enough. I got to raise that a little bit more. And then the Broncos. Let me find them. Okay, I'm down to fifteen to one. I have twenty to one. I'm down to fifteen. I've got to tell you, they're even still taking the 15 to one off me. So they, you might see that go a little bit lower, but I'll give you one more that I thought was kind of funny. Uh, I don't know. We'll see how funny it is next uh, February. But when, um, when Tom Brady was announced that he was not coming back, and I think there's still a lot of questions as to whether he's really serious or not. I had Tampa Bay at 50 to one and a guy came in. He made a pretty big bet at 50 to one. So right now I'm stuck pretty good and as soon as he bet i started i'm on twitter thinking did brady announce he's coming out of retirement <laughs> you know so i thought maybe he got i got caught sleeping on that one but not, not as far as i know but maybe this guy's taking a little bit of a lead on that but right now he took 50 i went to 30 to one he took 30 i went to 25 he took 25 oh my gosh so what does he know unless he's brady's agent or something like that i don't know so we we certainly took all the play but we're down to fifteen to one right now on Tampa Bay, so um, I'm hoping I'm hoping Tom stays retired or winds up on some other team. I can tell you that. I I wish that he would come out of retirement to end up on the 49ers, but I feel like those rumors got stomped a, a little bit. Sadly, Chris, thank you so much as always. You're awesome, and take some time uh, with Jimmy in the spa. Relax, take a load off. You deserve it. <laughs> As soon as this tournament's over, Stormy, I think I'll take you up on that. (laughs) That's Chris Andrews, Sportsbook Director over at the South Point. Great insight on where their liabilities might lie for the NCAA tournament. Interesting movement there in the NFL, no doubt. Now, when we come back, we will continue talking about some games in action tonight. Ben Wilson, who's doing play-by-play for the WAC tournament here in town, going to break down tonight's action. Don't go anywhere. This is VCMD Sports Betting Network. Get everything you need to bet the madness this year with 24-7 streaming, daily best bets, emails, and our tournament betting guide, which includes advice, data, and strategy, just 19 bucks. Whether you're filling out a bracket, betting against the spread, our whole team is here to get you ready for every game in every round of the tournament. Get an analysis from our experts, which include Greg Hoops-Peterson, Matt Humans, Jonathan Van Tobel, our guy Tim Murray. They've got the insights on all the key teams, conferences, and players to watch from the favorites to those potential Cinderella stories we love so much. Sign up today, get the betting guide, plus full access to VEASAN through April 5th. Again, just $19 at VEASAN.com slash madness. And we are on the watch for this UAB Middle Tennessee State game right now in overtime. MTSU 
81, UAB 77 with 28.7 seconds remaining on the clock. And as we continue our College Hoops conversation, we bring in our guy, Ben Wilson, host of Bet Center here on VEASAN. Saturday nights from 6 to 10 p.m. Pacific, 9 to 1 Eastern. Also, the perfect March Madness guest. Oh, yeah. Because... Not only are you calling March Madness games in the conference tournaments with the WAC right now, but cover the Mountain West throughout the course of the year. Cover the Pac-12 on FS1 this year. Mm-hmm. Like, we've got all the bases covered right we, now. We, we are trying our best. I mean, I'm looking at my computer. It's apparently March 11th, 2.46 p.m. I'm, I'm not really sure where I am, am right now. It's been a whirlwind of a week, but we're getting through Stormy. One more, one more night of broadcast tonight, and then uh, yeah, Bet Center tomorrow, and we have Selection Sunday, like yeah. two days away. What's Just happening? Keeps on going. I used to say when I worked in the NHL, it's either game day or non-game day, but with conference tournament time, it's just oh, it's game day, game day, game day, game day. Sleep? Like that's yeah, pretty much what you that's have. basically the calculus. If you get any. Well, you mentioned tonight uh, continuing that action in the WAC. You'll be on the call for Grand Canyon, New Mexico State. Um, each team seeking to get that spot in the WAC conference title game. I know you can't make a pick on the game against I'm not the spread, allowed, sadly. But um, just give us your lay of the land of these two teams, and will it be as close as the spread indicates as of right now? I would imagine so. New Mexico State, keep in mind, they won the first two meetings pretty comfortably in the regular season. They, they match up pretty well against Grand Canyon to see where it's at now. It's like mm-hmm. that two and a half, but. Just in general, this league has, with, with the addition of four teams from the Southland last year, so they brought in Abilene Christian, who, remember, they beat Texas last year, won the Southland, brought in Stephen F. Austin, who's been a perennially top team. It has made this league so much deeper than historically it has been in the past. Like, this matchup tonight, it is the, only the second time in the last decade that two Ken Palm top 100 teams are facing off, Stormy, in the tournament. And it's the first time ever we're seeing two top 100 teams face off in a semifinal round before we get to the final. So in what has always been a traditional one-bid league, and it will still be a one-bid bid league mm-hmm. this year, it has been a much stronger league. And as a result, you've seen a ton more parity. Three teams tied for the regular season, the conference championship. Right. Grand Canyon was a game back in New Mexico State. The thing I'll say, and that's, and that's kind of reflected here in the odds, where like Seattle is your two seed, but they're plus 400. Right. Abilene Christian, who I had them last night, they upset Stephen F. Austin. And as the Southland tournament champs a year ago, you know, they've moved to plus 350. But it is an interesting matchup because you have just incredible guard play from Grand Canyon. Javon Blackshear, Holland Woods the second. Those are two all-conference players leading the way on what's you know, otherwise a GCU team. that They had to replace a lot from last year. They had two ridiculous centers to together basically rode them to the NCAA tournament. So the assumption was for Bryce Drew, second-year coach, it would be kind of a rebuild. But, I mean, they've stocked themselves with really good backcourt talent. And they've been the best defensive team on a, a, a effective field goal percentage basis this year. Best in the country, second in the country defending the three. So that would, at least to me, think, all right, tight, probably low-scoring game. However, there's a guy named Teddy Allen for New Mexico <laughs> State who's, like, pretty good. Uh, transfers okay. in from, transfers in from yeah. Nebraska. They call him Teddy Buckets, as I'm told, in Las Cruces. And, like, he single-handedly just wiped them off the map in the two-season meetings. So while I, don't, I always hesitate to make it a super simplistic breakdown of a game like this, it really is – how effective and efficient will Teddy Allen be against that really stout defense of Grand Canyon? And you can make the argument this could be kind of a correlated play. Like if you if you think Teddy Allen and Mexico State have a day, you might think uh, over here and, and vice versa. Yeah, and our guy Adam Burke, who was on the program earlier today, even said, you know, as the odds indicate, New Mexico State, he thinks that they are going to go ahead and win the tournament straight up. So keep that in mind as you place your wagers on keep this it game. In keep it in mind. You also mentioned, of course, being on the call yesterday for Abilene Christian and that win over Stephen F. Austin. They're three-point favorites today against Seattle in that game. Total 139-and-a-half. What's your feel? Yeah, it's interesting because this, this year, too, with the new teams from the Texas uh, from Southland Conference from Texas coming over, 
triple buy now if you're a top two seed. So Seattle, this is their first game. Abilene Christian, three games in three days. But a lot of the advanced metrics are really down on Seattle. It's been a, a crazy year for them. Their coach gets fired like five days before the start of the year. They bring in an interim, Chris Victor, who was just named WAC Coach of the Year. Uh, Darian Trammell was a, one of the Player of the Year candidates in that league, was preseason Player of the Year. They've had an incredible year, but they've outperformed a lot of their advanced metrics in, in so many different ways. And it makes it, it makes you kind of wonder, all right, this was a team. It was a great Cinderella story. We love it for TV purposes. Yes. You know, these, these are the stories you know, Stormy. We, we salivate over when we get ready to do the broadcast. But Abilene Christian, they, they're, look, they're, they've been the best defensive team just on an overall you know, per-possession basis this year. They just absolutely pounded Stephen F. Austin into submission last night. And they did it against Utah Valley two nights before. You always wonder, third game in three days, how will they hold up? But, I mean, their style is so aggressive, so mm -hmm. physical. I, I just wonder, like Seattle, it's a great story, the, the two seed, but I mean, there's a reason they're a dog here, even though it's a 2-6 matchup. Right, that's why you said plus 400. Of the four teams left, they're at the bottom of that odds board to win the conference tournament. Um, let's turn our attention to the Mountain West, because two really fun games on tap, I think, tonight in the Mountain West semifinals. You got Boise State taking on Wyoming. Wyoming, a two-and-a-half-point dog after a close call with UNLV. Rebels... Really close to winning that game yesterday and advancing. And San Diego State taking on Colorado State, which I think is so interesting because you look at the game where SDSU beat them by 30 earlier in the year, and then what a close contest they had there late in the season. Um, I don't know which way to go. I, being an Aztec myself, want them to win <laughs> that game, so I stayed away from betting it. But how do you view it? Can, can I first say, I, can I first apologize for slandering your The last as time I should. was on. As you should. And I was just like, I'm not buying it. Like, you know, watching them this year, look, incredible defensive team. We know that. Number one Ken Palm defense team basically all season. Just have not trusted their late game end, you know, end of sequencing on offense for the most part this year. And yet I sit here and look, they've proven me wrong down the stretch. But can, I will admit that was some ugly basketball I mean, we saw last night with Fresno State. It did, was, it set, did it set the game of basketball back about 50 years? I mean, it did. 10 now. minutes into that <laughs> game, Ben, and it was 6-6. Six, six. Both teams under 20% from the floor. Like, but... I, but the, they got it yeah. done. They found a little bit of offense in the second half. Matt Bradley decided, hey, I'm going to play basketball after all. Um, but what do we think? Oh, triple overtime in this Conference USA matchup, me. by the way, with UAB and Middle Tennessee Poor Adam, State. Poor Adam Burke. And, uh, yeah. I don't know if we're not going to get an ending by the time we get off the air. So Danny Burke <laughs> is going to have to give the, the lowdown on uh, that one when we come that's back. That's exactly what he was ready to do today. But uh, Mountain West, give yeah. it to me. So while I, we say all these things about San Diego State, it's not like I'm, you know, it's not like I've suddenly turned the corner on them and I'm like, oh, I trust their, their guys down the stretch in a, in a tight, tight game. I don't know. Colorado State, it, it had the feel of it as, as hard as this is to, you know, want to say, like, they peaked in December. They have not been the same since mm -hmm. their long COVID pause, which is tough. It's a, it's a horrible break. So many teams had to go through it. But Colorado State, if you're, if you're kind of mapping out all these teams, Stormy, who were great pre-around New Year's, came back after a three-week pause – They've been the one team that stands out where they're like all of their numbers have completely. I don't know that they've totally plummeted off a cliff, but they've been significantly worse in the second half. Mm -hmm. And the, it's the inconsistency as well for them. And I mean, they've had it, it all depends on the matchup against, def, you know, long defensive teams like say like UNLV, who just pummeled them in the two regular season meetings. It's hard for them to get consistent buckets. And really what I've looked at in the Mountain West, I view San Diego State as just a better, sharper version of UNLV like they're just they do all the same things UNLV wants to do just at a much higher level 
with the lone exception, they don't have a great score like Bryce Hamilton for mm -hmm. UNLV, but rivals are out of the tournament. Aztecs to me, uh, Aztecs to me are the team uh, that play in this one tonight. I love it. I also have them at plus 330 to win the conference tournament. Oh, so get over go. the hump tonight, will you, please? Um, Boise, Wyoming? I mean, I love Wyoming. I, I also, I'm kind of this, in the same boat on Boise State as I am SDSU, where, again, like, I, I really like Leon Rice as a coach, what they, what they do defensively to slow you down. But at the same time, like, Wyoming with Hunter Maldonado, it's, it's been such an impressive second half surge. And this was a team, I mean, even for me, covering the league, like, they weren't really on my radar at the start of the year. You just kind of figured, all right, this is a decent team, but they're, you know, they're not going to do much come tournament time. And yet, like, the way they closed out that game yesterday, it, it was almost like a home game for them, which mm -hmm. is weird because they were playing in Vegas the, against UNLV. The naked man in the bucket was getting <laughs> the crowd wild for the pokes. Yeah. I love it. Okay, I, I want to get one more thing. We've only sure. got one minute left here. Is Colorado live against Arizona tonight? They are, yes. Sim simply because if, like, if Jabari Walker is on his A game, that's a Colorado team that can play with anybody in the Pac-12. It's just... They've been so inconsistent all year. I, the game I saw of theirs in Pullman earlier this year, mm -hmm. like half their team was out injured. They just completely mailed it in, which you never see from a Colorado team. But Tad Boyle, I mean, true to form, has not playing well here in March. Yeah, the Buffs getting 10 against Arizona. I mm. did bet it. I like it. Let's USC, go. USC, UCLA also coming up tonight, which USC, they're just such a wonky team. I don't know. But so is UCLA. The Pac-12 drives me nuts. I'm sad that our show is over. Ben Wilson, thank you so thank much. Thank you, Stormy. Make sure you check him out tonight in the WAC tournament as well as Bet Center coming up on Saturday. Danny Burke coming up. He'll give you the update on Conference USA. I'm out of gas. So am I. I'm out of gas. It's triple overtime. I, I'm talking. I'm talking a lot. I'm talking a lot. <laughs> I got to slow it down. All right. Bye, everybody. Love you. See you soon. <laughs>